everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your hosts. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And if you cannot tell from the recording, we are currently recording separately due to um, this big winter storm that just hit Texas and Louisiana. And you know, we're based in North Louisiana. So at the time of recording, we are in the midst of that. I literally cannot get out of my driveway. It is an inch of ice, like Mm -hmm. three or four inches of snow, and then like another two inches of ice. It's there's no pretty going rough. outside and scooping snowballs because it's just a layer of ice. Yes. Like, I was outside in my boots, and my boots wouldn't even go in the snow. It was just, like, sliding on top. It's really bad. I fell. I I, <laughs> I, I fell and ate it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but by the time you're listening to this, hopefully that has all melted away. Um, when this episode comes out, tomorrow is the first day of March, so spring is right around the corner and I am ready and I hope everyone um, besides this crazy winter storm if you have been affected by it I hope you are surviving 2021 as best as possible because I guess hang in there for another crazy year Um, I do think a lot of people forget that we're in the midst of a pandemic and we all need to be a little a little nicer to ourselves and give us give ourselves a little bit of grace. So take it easy and remind yourself that this is not an easy time right now because I know every day's an adventure. Yeah, it's an adventure and hold something new and something bad happens. It's just crazy. But anyway, um, as always, you can check us out on our social medias. You know, today... Um, you can hop on Instagram and I will have posted something about uh, the case today and Bethany will post something on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always check us out there. We're getting some more videos uploaded on YouTube if you have a, if you or a friend prefers to listen that way. Always check us out there. But other than that, let's get um, into today's episode. It is our local case of the month, and this one's actually from Bethany's hometown again. Um, you got some <laughs> crazy cases in your hometown, um, but this case actually didn't happen that long ago, um, and it was originally labeled a cold case, but as we will find out, Thankfully, some very scrappy detectives mm-hmm. um, pushed for pushed them pushed for some more answers. But mm-hmm. it's a Florida case, so we're gonna dive in. And um, as always, I didn't super research this one. I love it when Bethany tells me the story, but I did have to research a little bit because the case just you know it's very curious. So. I'm going to just hand it over to Bethany. I feel like you pulled a me for this episode. <laughs> I remember you watched a few videos about it. Yes. It was just like when she started talking about it, it was a little too interesting for me just to like go in blind. Like I wanted to know. I think Crystal just likes me talking about Florida. But <laughs> anyways, um, today we're going to discuss the case of Marie Carlson, the um, unfortunate soul tangled up in a love triangle. And I feel like, I know that's like the t- 
cliche way to say it, but that's basically what it was. Um, but as a love triangle, you would least expect. And when this info hits you, it's going to hit you. Um, but everyone knows I'm a very visual learner, like I just said. Crystal pulled a me for this episode. I really did. And that's how I like to do all my research. Um, of course, I head to my go-to spots. You guys know I love my YouTube. I really do. I'm not. Um, the millennials can, or the Gen Z can make fun of me. I like my YouTube. And um, Amazon Prime. There uh, was something on Amazon Prime about this case? No, there wasn't. Oh, okay, um, I was like, did I miss something? I found a few videos on YouTube, not much. It was mainly, like, my local news that had, like, posted their video to um, YouTube and a few uh, bigger news channels. But they're really, I was kind of let down. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I know it's a newer case. Um, and, hey, we'll be uploading our, our episode to YouTube, so now there will be that for people to watch. Yeah, I honestly couldn't find too much on YouTube. I had to um, watch the Dateline episode mm-hmm. and the Dateline podcast. I mean, it's the same thing, but that's yeah, what that I one, yeah, that one really on listened there. to. Um, but I had to really go into detective mode, scouring the world wide web. I know Crystal loves <laughs> it when I say world wide web. I do. It's so cute. Um, I already know. I already knew a good bit about it because, I mean... It's, like, all everyone could talk about um, when this happened um, in my hometown. Um, I had already moved away, uh, me and my husband had, when this happened. But, you know, our parents and our family still live there, so we heard a good bit about when she first went missing. Um, And a big thing I want to talk about is Crystal and I respectfully tried to speak for the victims. When we do this episode, you know that we really like to at least talk a little bit about them because we've said it many many times there's always so much information about the killer and very little um about the victim so i'm going to give some background information um and any kind words that i read uh while doing my research um that her friends and family said after her death um i did thankfully find uh, marie's obituary online Uh, Marie Carlson was born October 1974 in the Philippines. Um, For those of you that don't know my hometown, there is a huge Filipino community. So just take note of that. It's not really a big context clue. Um, Makes sense as to why your husband's Filipino. Yes, my husband is Filipino. Um, It's just... There's just a big I just I just connected the dots between that two as soon as you said it. Yeah, I'm 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 thankful there's a big uh Filipino group in my uh hometown because I did marry into it and I love the culture. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Um all of her pictures just radiated a kind person. It was just, you know, when you look at a picture and you can just like feel that that person was nice, like just warm. That's how I felt um when I was looking at all the pictures on her obituary. Um reading through it really put into perspective um the roles the victim played in people's lives because it's more it's more than just a person um her obituary read marie was a mother a daughter a sister an aunt and a friend to many and that's the perspective like it's it's more than oh you just lost your mom but it was also somebody's daughter and you know a friend um so i don't know that was just 
I felt like that was very nice to read in her obituary. Yeah, I mean, you were right about her picture. Like, her, every picture I saw of her, she just seemed she like so a... nice. So I don't sweet. mean this bad, but she just seemed like a normal, everyday, just that person you'd meet on the street who would smile at you and open the door for yeah. you kind of oh person. Oh my god, I was literally just thinking the same thing, get out of my mind. <laughs> Sorry. And, but yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, I, somebody I would want to talk to, so probably somebody that would talk to you in passing, you know? And the killer doesn't just take from one, they take from many. And that's why we like to be the voice for them and talk a little bit more about them. What's the point of talking about the killer? I mean, they don't... Yeah, we're going to talk about it. But, so. yeah. Um, one interesting fact um, that I included in my notes, and Crystal actually did in hers as well, was that Marie had a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And I love that because she worked for the sheriff's department and she, she just, it was obvious that she wanted to help out her community. Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, she fell victim to the thing that she literally went to school and was learning how to help other people deal with, which is unfortunate. It's so sad. But now into the part we don't like talking about, but it's it's why you guys are here. It's why you're listening to us while you're uh, driving to work, driving home, or maybe you're at work right now. So let's just get on into it. In the juicy part. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it is <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken Juicy. I mean, this Anyways. case does have some juicy juice. <laughs> oh, or maybe Popeyes. I like Popeyes better, but this is not about chicken. Um, <laughs> in 2011, Marie Carlson was reported missing. Um, that is why we did say it was actually um, deemed a cold case at first. Not your typical missing. Um, it was more like an adult runaway. That's how I would describe it, because it wasn't like somebody kidnapped her. Um, however, thankfully, those close to her didn't believe that to be the type of person Marie really was, which, thank God. Yeah. God that these people were like, no, that's no, that wouldn't be her. But, like, do you know anybody on the top of your head that if they ran away that you would be like, oh, yeah, I could totally see that, them running away and not telling anybody. And, like, I don't know anybody like that. I mean, I don't I don't know, though. Like, you know, sometimes people are, like, are tricky. You don't know. They got two, two sides to them. Like, if I, you ran away and I didn't hear from you for, like, a day and I messaged Jack. Not Jack. Who the heck is Jack? Oh, my God. Who my, the my heck is Jack? Oh, my God. My husband li- listens to this. I promise I don't have a boyfriend named Jack. I don't even know who Jack is. We don't okay. even know any I don't Jack. even know his Jack. If I messaged Zach and he's just like, oh, she just she just left. Sometimes she does that. Like no, what? Absolutely you not. Know how you know how mentally unstable I am. I am not leaving my house. I'm definitely not running away. Oh, anyways, um, on the morning of October eighteenth, two thousand and eleven, um, a strange group text was sent from Marie's cell phone reading, 
There is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and there is no better time than now to do it. What the heck is with these weird text messages? I I I concur. I and I and I literally said this. I was like, we just discussed this with our super odd tomato soup message in our Phoebe episode earlier this month. Yeah, like again, if someone I knew sent me a weird message like that, I'd be immediately concerned. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not I mean, that message isn't as weird as tomato soup. Tomato soup was like off the off the <laughs> chain weird. I know, this, but Marie's has zero context. It, I mean, yeah, I'm it's been a long time and there's no better time than now to like what? Like what, what are you talking about? And trust this, guys. If you're listening, trust this. If you get a weird group message from me or Crystal, uh, call the cops. Please. Call 911. I know we talk bad about the police department on here all the time, but, but like... Please call them. Or you can call my husband. I I will... I put full trust in the fire department. Or you can call Tyler. Somebody call somebody. Because, no, neither of us will be doing that. It's like an immediate red flag from both of us. Because Crystal knows if I did that, she'd call. Oh, yeah. And I'm definitely calling 911 because I'd be like, uh, what are you talking about, ma'am? I would have oh, found no. a way to get my car out of being buried in ice. And I would literally, <laughs> like, my driveway is just one giant icicle. I would yes. literally slide my car down like the ice if you didn't answer my phone call after a text like that i would uh, i don't even know i uh, something smoke signal something (laughs) would happen i don't know um but the text message was sent to her ex-husband and close friends um all around in fort walton her ex-husband was actually living in Kentucky and had custody of their uh, eight-year-old daughter, uh, Paris Carlson. Um, Paris, that's an interesting name. I'm not judging, but I don't... Paris Hilton, I feel like, is the only Paris... Or, no, yeah, I think that's the only Paris I know. You don't really hear that I name. feel like I know a Paris, but I I'm can't. sitting here thinking now, and I'm... It, I, I mean, I like said it. that like I know. I said that like I know Paris Hilton. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. we're friends. Let me put her on speed dial. Anyways, thankfully, her ex-husband uh, Jeff Carlson reported her missing to the Fort Walton Beach Police Department. Yikes! But that's all. Uh, we're gonna move on. But from good that. on him. Yes. Yes. Um. He reported a few days later because I guess he gave her like a courtesy. He was like, okay, maybe she's, like, working through some things. And then he kept calling her and, like, you know, they have a daughter, so I'm sure their daughter wanted to talk to mom. And when he couldn't get a hold of her, then he was like, no, this, something's up. May, she could have gone out of town, but she definitely would have called us by now. Oh, yeah. Um, So I would hope even after, you know, your marriage ends, you would still be concerned about, you know, your spouse or your, you know, your ex-spouse when something strange like this happens. Um, especially since they have a child together. Um, so kudos to him for realizing something was just completely off. And uh, 
you know, calling the police department and reporting her missing because obviously nobody else in town did that. You know, no offense to all her other friends, but... And I couldn't figure this out from just, like, literally the one documentary that I watched. But her half-sister that um, she had, I couldn't figure out if that half-sister lived in Fort Walton or if she lived somewhere different. And I couldn't figure out, because I tried that too, if it was an actual sister or if it was just like, you know, how you have people that you say are your sister. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't, like, I couldn't find any info on, like, where the other family was. Okay, so I'm not trying to take over your reading, but I did go down the rabbit hole on the sister because of the fact that I couldn't find out if she lived there or not. So what I discovered was and you can correct me if this is wrong but this is just what i had found out from my detective name is that detective detective <laughs> i don't know what the right word is so that's just what i'm gonna use i'm going with that from now on <laughs> okay so what i discovered was that she had been taken in by this family at a young age and raised with these other girls in this other family And as they got older, that's when they discovered that they were actually sisters. They were half-sisters. They had the same dad, but different moms. Um, And so the sisters that she texted in the group text Mm -hmm. were her half-sisters. Like, she was an only child between her mom and her dad. But with her dad, she had other sisters. I mean, that makes sense, because I couldn't find a whole lot, like, on her parents. Yeah, but that, like, that's all I could find as far as, like, where they live. So, that's another question I had was if the sister that she was the closest to actually lived in Fort Walton. Um, because I couldn't find, like, it's me, like, I'm a, sis- I'm a sister, and if my brother went missing, like, I feel like if I lived in the same place, I would go there. I always and, found that, yeah, I've always found that weird about this case, and it, 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 it didn't feel like that, and it was just like, I don't know, I don't know, like, major shout out to her ex-husband, because it felt like he did the most, and yes. he wasn't, and he was, like, several states away in Kentucky. Yes. So, so it's kind of weird, but no, that's the, really, that's the most I know about this case, because I thought that was weird, and so but I that is like. That. But that is, like, very much... That's the only reason I say that, because that's very much a thing in the Filipino community. Like, they they call, like, everyone sister. Like, everyone... Every female is either, like, an elder to you or a sister. Hmm. So, like, some of that, I was like, are these really, like, her siblings? Or are these just people, like, she met in Fort Lawton when she moved there and then just kind of, like, developed a relationship? I don't know. Yeah. But I honestly that's interesting. Find- I didn't know that. Honestly, could not find, um, yeah, so, like, and, like, well, and, like, sometimes it's not even a sister, it's, like, an aunt. Like, everybody is an ate, so everybody is an aunt. Hmm. But it's, I don't know. That's how the vibe I got. But either way, her ex-husband ultimately is the one that called and was, like, really odd. I thought that was odd, and we're gonna get into why that's odd, because she actually lived in a home with people that Hmm. did not report her missing. So... Our first red flag. Take note of that. Um, So that was on October 18th when she sent that text message. 
Mm-hmm. Three days later, on October 21st, Marie's car was found abandoned at the local airport. Um, and I made this like a little quotation in my notes, and I'll just read it for you guys. Um, our airport is small. Uh, when I say small, I haven't been to the airport here in Shreveport, so I don't know if y'all have like a big airport or not. I've only been like on the outside of it. It's not huge, but I don't know how small Fort Walton's is. It is tiny. Like, we have, like, two, like, big, long things, or terminals. Oh, see, yep, nope, we only have one tiny one. Like, And then, like, each terminal maybe has, like, six or seven of, like, the places Mm -hmm. where the planes park, so. It is so small, but I will take our tiny airport over the San Francisco airport. That is a whole other story that we have to talk about a different day. But, um, anyways, I wrote that in my notes because that's, like, a big thing because it's so small and it's so close to the highway. Like, it's literally right next to the highway that, like, if you're driving by the road or down the road, you can see what vehicles are at the airport. Oh. So, it was, like, easily spotted. So, they literally drove down the road, and they could see that her vehicle was in the parking lot. That's how small it is. Anyways. um, Marie's pastor, James Flanders, um, and I would really love it if somebody made, like, a Simpsons joke about this dude, because... I've never seen The Simpsons, so... Oh, my God. Do we kick her now from the show or later, guys? I was never allowed to watch it as a little kid, and then, like, I just never watched it as an adult. Well, he's, like, the super religious guy that's the neighbor of the Simpsons, and you know they're, like, the typical, like, dysfunctional American family. And it's just funny that his name, they're the same, that's the same name, and and he's a pastor, so I don't know. Anyways, Marie's pastor, James Flanders, went on a search around town concerned for her and was the one that located but he only went on the search after marie's husband uh reported her missing just take note of that as well um so three days later what a nice decent man you know i should add also that marie was actually living with pastor flanders and his wife tanya so Somebody lives in your house, sends out a weird text message, doesn't show up for three days, and you don't call the police. No comment. You only go and search for her vehicle because her ex-husband did call the police. Like, that's just weird to me. Especially when you're supposed to be her pastor. And it's, it's, to me, it's more than a little weird. It's odd, and I know me and Crystal are trying not to judge. Well, I'm I'm judging. Um, and I don't care if y'all know. Like, I'm judging on that part. But like, so again, I did do a little more research than I typically do for other cases into this one. But I know I read somewhere it said that this was actually the third family over the course of her life that she had lived with that was not her own. That is correct. That is, yes, that is Um, factual. So, I get that this is common for her. 
Um, it's just, it, I mean, it's not weird for her. For us, it's weird. Yes. I mean, not ne- not and necessarily I'm not weird. It. I just, and I'm not judging her living with another family. That's, that's absolutely not what I find bizarre. Um, what I find bizarre is that she's living with her pastor and his wife. Um, and I guess from the, from like the outside looking in, if I didn't know the whole story, I wouldn't find it odd. But Mm -hmm. I think what I find, I find it odd because I do know the whole story. And Mm -hmm. I just question how people in the congregation that knew the three of them didn't think it was weird from the beginning and were just so blindsided. Oh, oh, my, my childhood church would have judged the absolute hell out of them. Oh, um, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> for yes. sure. And they would have said something like, that's not okay. But I mean, this is 2011 and it is, you know, Fort Walton Beach. I guess we're just um, trying to be progressive Christians at this point, maybe. They are very much progressive. But let, I would love for people to write in on this episode and tell us how they feel. Please. This is definitely this an episode. Is the, this is a weird one. Yes. And I'm we're not even done telling y'all that well, I'm about to hit y'all with a banger. I'm about to I'm about to hit y'all. Um I would now like to to let everyone in on the fact Marie had recently given birth to a little girl named Grace. The father being Dun, dun, dun. I'm, I'm definitely pausing for dramatic effect. Drum roll, please. The father being Pastor Flanders. Oh, who would the have ma- ever guessed? The married pastor. Oh my, that is, that is juicy. That is juicy. That's a word that just kept coming to mind. And like, only in Florida, right guys? Only, only in my hometown. Only in Florida. But it gets better. (sighs) You heard that right. Marie was living with her pastor and his wife and their love child. That is a lot to take in. If you need to, like, pause, like, go walk around for a bit, (laughs) come back and play, we'll be They got some juicy juice. Although it is speculated that Marie was actually their surrogate, since Tanya could not have any more children of her own, Crystal kept bringing this up, and then I did more research. It said that they had, like, an older child, like an adult child, um, but I couldn't find any. All the information that I kept finding was just that Tanya couldn't have children, and, and she that had, may be totally wrong, but I could have sworn I don't I read know. That. It just it did say that she had... Um, she did have several miscarriages. I know that's very personal. Um, and could not have any more. So they were seeking out, um, somebody to help them. You know, that part of life can be very expensive. Um, but I mean, that's kind of strange behavior for the church. Not, not necessarily the whole surrogate and moving in it's more of what we're about to talk about um that is odd for a pastor and his wife to be doing um 
The police found it strange. Marie left all her belongings behind and a thousand dollars still left in her bank account. Um, it was actually never touched. Um, it was still in her bank account like uh, months later when they checked, I think. Which which is odd. Like if somebody's gonna skip town and go do something that, you know, they've supposedly wanted to do and now they can do it, wouldn't they take money? I mean, I wouldn't would they, like when they take their their like their clothes or like at the very something. least, you would cash yeah. out your thousand dollars in an overnight bag or something. Yeah, or, you know something. They didn't believe Marie had skipped town at all. Like they were like, "No, this is kind of fishy." Um, but they had no idea where she could be. There was no leads. There was no evidence. It was like. It was basically like she had just vanished off the face of the earth, which is, that is scary to me, that me or Crystal could go missing and possibly nobody know where we are. Or like anybody in general, which apparently, which is what happened to Marie. That is very scary to think about. That's terrifying. And like we said in the beginning, the case ultimately went cold for several years. That was in 2011. Um... A really strange fact, this was very important to include, is immediately following Carlson's disappearance and questioning from the police, the Flanders packed up overnight and moved to Arizona. Hmm. That's not suspicious at all. Wouldn't they be concerned? This is a woman that lived in their home. Um gave birth to their child, you know, and you're not concerned, you're not searching for her, seeing where she is. This reminds me, like, we talk about TikTok so much. This is horrible. But it reminds <laughs> me of the TikTok where they're like, that's not suspicious. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Whatever. The Gen, Gen Z are going to tear us <laughs> apart, but whatever. You can, you can shove it. Um. So, like... You're not going to stay in the town that she disappeared from or ran away from? You're just going to move? Yeah, okay, that's That odd. had to, like, that had to have, like, shot up some red flags for investigators. Had Which, to have. Oh, it, oh, oh, for sure. I mean, they, like, from this jump, they thought it was him. And then, especially when they learned that they moved to Arizona, but they had no evidence at all. Like, they had nothing on him. Well, so they think. Um, and it's actually really creepy because the part of Arizona that they went to is actually where, uh, Zach was born. I feel like that's just odd. Like, we're Why both... do they keep having I know. cases that, like, in weird ways they have back to, do to with things us. in our life? That is strange. It just needs to stop. Like, like in Roswell, the major had the same birthday as me. And now this case happened in Fort Lawn and then the people moved to the, to the state that my husband's born. That's strange. It's creepy. But anyways. um, So it wasn't until several years later in 2013 when Pastor Flanders, I'm air quoting, I know you guys can't see me, um, (laughs) filed for the termination of Marie's parental rights in Arizona that some red flags started to arise. Okay, so you never looked for her. You moved clear across the country and now you're trying to terminate her parental rights 
Okay. All okay, right. so like I get it if the story is true that she really and truly was the surrogate because in some states like Louisiana that is something that you have to do with a surrogate. Like it doesn't matter if y'all have a contract or whatever. The mother or the woman who gives birth has to give up parental rights. And so if she went missing before that, I can understand why they would reach for that, but it's still very suspicious. It's odd. Because, I don't know, it is a little weird. It's weird. And um, one show that I did include, and uh, you actually can't watch it anywhere right now. Like, I tried to find it on Amazon Prime and YouTube and stuff like that. It only comes on, like, as a rerun on Oxygen, I believe. And that is the show uh, Cold Justice. It is a really, really good show. I actually remember watching this specific episode when it aired. Um... And this is where this case got a lot of publicity. You know, we got to mispronounce at least one word on this. Hey, I made up a new word, detective So detective Um, But Cold Justice actually picked up this case thanks to one of the detectives back in Fort Walton Beach. She was actually on maternity leave when this case happened. Um, and it went into their cold case files, and then um, when she came back on duty, she started digging into uh, the cold cases and opened this one back up, and then um, Cold Justice was looking for cold cases to do on the show, so it's kind of like a match made in heaven, and that's um, where they got a good bit of their publicity, and this was a really good episode. Um, it's a really good show. Um, it's like one of the things me and my mom do when I go home to visit is we watch, uh, crime shows and horror stuff. So that was pretty good to watch. Um, it was scandalous and I mean, nobody does scandals better than Florida. I'm just going to say, I mean, like California can try, but it's Florida all the way. Um, it's actually been on several TV shows and it hit national news since um, since it went cold and obviously since it hit all these popular TV shows. And thankfully, they did open the case because it was what they discovered when they reopened it that really sealed uh, the deal. But honestly, like I said, they... They had their suspicions that it was Pastor Flanders all from the beginning, especially, you know, when they moved to Arizona. That's really, I mean, it was literally overnight. Like, it happened, and then, like, two days later, they were in Arizona. So, they kind of knew. They just didn't have any sufficient evidence to connect him to it or have any idea where she was. And I don't think people realize how much goes into actually arresting and prosecuting someone. I know we complain and we're like, oh my God, why didn't they just arrest him? It's clear that it's him. Um, But (laughs) there was literally no, like they didn't have anything. Like, yeah, she's missing. Yeah, it's weird that it's her pastor and they have a child together. Yeah, it's weird they moved to Arizona, but they did, that was it. And then they're like, well, where's Marie? Um... 
So you have to have a lot of evidence to back up your accusations. You can't just, boom, show up with an arrest warrant and take them in. It's not, it's not like, you know, uh, Law and Order um, on TV. Um, and when the show, this is another good one, Forbidden, Dying for Love, aired its third season, it brought to question just exactly the relationship between the Flanders and Carlson. Um, this is basically when it, like, aired out their dirty laundry, and they try not to victim blame, they try not to blame Marie, um, but it really aired out just what was happening in this whole surrogacy, uh, story, or was it just, like, you know, just a love triangle, um, and a few times Tanya would tell her close friends, like, probably people from the church, and a few towns she had, a few friends she had around town, um, the relationship was more than it was. It was more than what they had originally said. Um, often when they were drunk, which, that's hilarious to me. That's weird that's, behavior for a that's, pastor. Yeah, that's hilarious that the pastor and his wife are getting drunk with a bunch of people from the church. But, I mean, that's you. I mean, I'm for that. But I know when I was growing up, People in my church were very judgmental about that type of thing. And the ones that were the most judgmental were the ones going home and chugging a six-pack of beer. Oh, um, always. So, it's odd behavior for a pastor's wife. It was odd behavior for a pastor. And then, like, other times they would switch it up and they would go back and they would tell the church um, that Marie was just their surrogate. It was just, you know, they had her moved in um to have the baby and then they had her stay with them at their home to help with the baby you know no nothing odd here don't look over here it's not a love triangle so it was like it kept flip-flopping and that's basically what this show um was was showing that it was it was way more than what they um were telling people and they definitely needed to investigate that part of it but once Flanders filed to have Marie's parental rights terminated, it really fueled the fire to finally find all the evidence um, needed to put him away. So basically, if he hadn't done that, he probably could have continued to just, like, go under the radar. And I'm not even sure. It didn't really say why he even did that. Like, why would... He's still technically the father on the birth certificate. Um, so I'm not sure why he would need to get rid of Marie's parental rights. Um, anyways, of all things to crack the case, it was a good old cell phone. I mean, this is like the first thing my mind goes to when somebody goes missing is the cell phone. Let's check it. Let's see who called them. Let's see who texted them. What have they been researching? Where's it pinging from? Um, and Marie supposedly ran away, ran away, right? She, she texted that weird message and she had to go out and do something that she has been waiting forever to do. Um, and she ditched her car at the airport because that's where Pastor Flanders found it. But her cell phone never pinged outside of Fort Walton Beach. It actually never left the Flanders re residence. It never pinged outside of their home. It pinged like a little bit down the road and they think that he might have had it in his truck and drove to do something and then came back to their house. But it literally, her cell phone never pinged outside of town. 
which is odd because if she's texting all of these people and she's going out, like, wouldn't you take your cell phone? I mean, yeah, she didn't take a bag, she didn't take money, but you would at least take your cell phone. I mean, wouldn't you want to keep in contact with your children? She ha Remember, she has an 8-year-old daughter living in Kentucky um, with her ex-husband, and she has a, a newborn. Like... She That's wouldn't just, just leave. No. And, like, cause I remember, like, in the Dateline special that I watched, I remember them specifically saying that the Flanders said that this was something that she does. Like, she just runs off. But that she yeah. comes back. They, and, they said she liked to take uh, car rides around town. Yeah. But that makes zero sense if she wouldn't take her phone and if how even they said themselves that she was devoted to her kids mm -hmm. and that she let her ex-husband have custody of Paris because she knew it was better for Paris to be with mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And she loved this new baby. So mm -hmm. why would she leave without her phone at the very least? Contacting your kids and then like, what if something happened? Like what if your car broke down or somebody kidnapped you or something? Like that's just odd to me. That's definitely a red flag um and the police confronted pastor flanders and his wife with this new information um but also like why did it take so long i know we just talked about how like you know it takes a little longer for them to do things but i wonder why they didn't do this like in the beginning okay so like, i can kind of answer this but i cannot at the same time so obviously we love crime podcast and so mm -hmm. shout out to crime junkies that everyone listens to but i specifically remember them um talking about in an episode that it's like you cannot just contact a like your cell phone company like a, the police department can't just contact your cell phone company and be like hey can we have their records hey can you tell me where their phone's at like that's just not something that Which they can do so odd though what do you think that would be a thing yes it is and so i don't know if anybody else out here has done it but if you haven't i totally recommend it you can literally go to the crime junkies website and they have this packet that you can fill out that is literally everything you can think of so if you ever go missing and the police need information, you can have this ready and it literally has stuff where you can sign and sign your signature saying, hey, you can get into this account. You can look at my bank accounts. Here's the passwords. Here's the people that I spend a lot of time with. This is the route that I go to work all the time. Um, you have permission to go to look at my phone records, everything. And you're supposed to keep a copy and give a copy to somebody that you trust. Hmm. So that's such I, a br brilliant idea, right? So I think that this is why they probably weren't able to get her cell phone records right away is because like, she's just a missing person. I guess so. And they yeah. still have to, you know, have, like, permission and stuff. Which is, yeah, I, yeah, that's logical. But when they questioned them, basically, it freaked Flanders out, and they kind of, like, realized the jig was up, that, you know, the cell phone was still at their home. How could she be missing? How could she have texted and left her phone without them seeing when supposedly 
um, Tanya Flanders was at the home. So it wasn't adding up. So basically, um, Flanders just outright admitted it to the police. I mean, they're, I mean, what are you going to do? The jig is up. And on May 14, 2013, uh, Flanders was arrested for the murder of Marie Carlson in 2011. Um, he, of course, uh, he, of course, oh my God. Oh <laughs> there gorse. you go, your turn. Uh, he, of course, agreed to a plea deal. Uh, I've they always said it, do. Yeah, I've said it before, but plea, plea deals just don't sit with, sit right with me. I don't know. I just don't. I I just don't like plea deals, but I know why they're there. Um, But James Flanders pled guilty for the murder of Marie in exchange for a shorter sentence if he told them uh, where her body was. And I think that's why a lot of people hide the body, because they do know at some point the jig will probably be up, um, and they can use that as leverage, which is so dumb that we have the plea deal system. Um, But... I still think there are some lies that he's telling in his interviews and stuff. It was like, it was like he was still trying to portray like this, I'm a good pastor. I love everybody. It was just an incident. I didn't mean it. But like, you literally took somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's up. Give it up. That's Give one up. of the Ten Commandments, Pastor. Give it up. You committed a sin. You committed one of the ultimate sins. Like, and he's still, and I feel like still to this day, he still tries to live up to it. He's very, like, narcissistic, uh, sociopath. It was, like, almost like he couldn't distinguish emotions, but he wanted everybody to agree with his emotions, which. I could see um, that. Sounds like a lot of people in our world. Um,. And he even kept, like, lying about how he killed Marie. Um, and how he... I'm going to read off how all the research described it, but it was kind of weird. Um, and they left some of it out, and he still to this day hasn't, like, given all the facts. Um, but he still says he didn't harm Marie, um, but he killed her. So how did you not harm her? Anyways, he said there was some sort of argument... Um, still to this day, they don't know what. I'm kind of going to go out on a limb and maybe, um, Tanya was getting a little jealous because to some of her friends, she had let them know that it was becoming more than just like her being their surrogacy, that her husband was kind of falling in love with Marie. So I'm wondering if maybe they were arguing over that. Um, but he said he grabbed Marie in some weird bear hug. And didn't let go until she stopped moving. Which, stop moving means she couldn't breathe and you killed her. So, how are you still saying you didn't harm her? And that's not a way to kill somebody. Like, literally just hug them until they die. It's, it's, it's strange. And that part of the research just was odd to me. But that's how he says he killed her. Um, and then he buried her in a hole in their backyard, actually. Um, so they went, obviously, to the home of the Flanders. Well, I should say the previous one, because remember, they moved to Arizona. So they go to the home in Fort Juan, and I didn't give their address, because I'm sure, you know, the people living there, probably, you're like, leave me alone. Um, 
But, I mean, they couldn't keep living in a home where her body was literally buried in the backyard, which makes sense now on why they moved. And I kind of wish maybe the police department had maybe pieced that together. Because if they're moving away, I would, I don't know, maybe it's because me and Crystal have done a lot of research and we're just very suspicious and paranoid of people. But I would be like, oh, she's in the walls of the house or she's somewhere, somewhere on the premises. Um, and I put this in my notes. I wonder how many of us have bodies buried in our backyards. Don't make me think about that. I, <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> I mean, I would hope not. I live on base. That would be very ballsy of somebody to kill somebody and bury them on the backyard on base housing. But I wonder, just like, that's a very odd thing to think about. Um, and they did, in fact, find the buried remains of a woman, and dental records confirmed it be Marie Carlson, which is just so unfortunate. Um, and in July 2016, so it took three years, um, James Flanders was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Um, he doesn't have to serve 13, or not 13, 30 to life, because he did, in fact, you know, take the plea deal. That's so messed um, up. Yeah, so 15 years. So you can kill somebody and only serve 15 years in prison. Um, And it's crazy to think he's already served almost five years of that sentence because it's 2021. That's insane. It's already been five years. Um, But I still have a lot of questions about this case. Uh, so many unanswered things. It's just like, it's a whirlwind. It's a whirlwind of surrogacy to love triangle to murder to running away halfway across the country to imagine the people in his church. Oh, I can't even imagine what it would be like if I got a phone call. Well, I want to say I can't imagine because not, well, nothing bad like that has ever happened to me. But we did have a very scandalous pastor thing happen in Bossier a couple years ago so like it was crazy did I just I was, wait, I do, was waiting do you want to know like I, I was, was yeah I mean I okay. think the people are waiting with me so, I was waiting so like basically okay you know the really big cross that you can sometimes see when you drive on the interstate yes okay so that church Oh. Um, their pastor was arrested in this huge like sting because him and his wife were selling meth. Oh my! And doing Lord. meth, and he was like oh. severely in debt and was got arrested for prostitution. Oh. Like he, if I'm not mistaken, he was prostituting his own body out, but was also hiring prostitutes. So. I know y'all can't see my face, but I literally just picked my jaw off the floor. I gotta find all this info because when it happened, holy it was like holy. the scandal of the century. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. Oh my god. Oh, what a church to <laughs> join. You can go hear the alert, the word of the Lord and get you uh, some meth, a side of meth. Some meth, a little dime bag, you know, to take home to enjoy after the service. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyways. Oh, that was juicy. I know. I hope you guys listening enjoy that little tip. If anyone is from the area and y'all remember that story better than I do, please share. But yeah. Yeah, that happened. Mine's not as juicy. And I think I've told Crystal this before and I might have even talked about it on a previous episode and we might have just been talking with my mom the last time she visit um but me and my mom argue a lot because well i'm sure crystal argues with me too um i'm not as religious as i was growing up just because of personal things but my childhood church uh the pastor they actually got a new pastor it wasn't my pastor it was after they kicked my pastor out but that's a different story for a different day (laughs) Um, the new pastor was married, and he was from my town, and my family knew him for many years. He was older, in his 60s. He had been married to his wife for, like, oh, gosh, like 40 years. And he was actually walked in on having sex in his office with the secretary of the church. <sighs> that was Oh, my gosh. And she was, like, 20 and, you know, blonde, big boobs, typical, you know. Um, so yeah, that was scandalous. Mine's not meth, you know, but it's still pretty scandalous. Wow. I will say though, my favorite like little I don't even know what you would call it, but like description that Flanders kind of describes Marie as is when they try to describe her as like the sister wife. Mm-hmm. And like that they had like this polygamous thing going on. Like, I didn't get that vibe though. I got the vibe like, well, like he no, would, I, he left I his read wife. that. I read that somewhere. That, yeah, that they he, did that. That he did or she did. One of them said that it was like a sister wife situation. But like that makes me question stuff because I think we talked about this. I am a hundred percent convinced that Tanya, Mrs. Flanders, had a huge part in this. Like, oh, she did. You cannot convince me otherwise. I I think because the day that it happened, supposedly, like, they kept switching up their stories. Supposedly, when it happened, Tanya had the baby and she was out running errands all day. So she wasn't home. So she couldn't say if Marie was at the home or not. So her cell phone was left. Mm-hmm. But then they switched it up and said that Tanya was home with the baby and didn't see her. So how does that make sense? Her it cell doesn't. phone her cell phone never left the house and you and she sent a text message out that morning. How can you be home with the baby and not see somebody but then when you're interviewed <clears throat> you say that you were not home, you were out running errands with the baby, which is it? Like So ma'am. my like official theory is that Marie had the baby, Grace, and she originally was gonna give it to tanya and james that was Mm -hmm. the original plan but i think when she had the baby she decided that she wanted to keep her Mm -hmm. and that made tanya mad and i'm not saying she convinced him i'm not saying that she did it but i think that something happened and when she realized that or when they realized that she was not just going to give them the baby that oh, yeah. something snapped. And the reason that I feel that way is simply because of the fact that James 
tried to get Marie's parental rights taken away and the fact that Grace now lives with Mrs. Flanders. Oh, she does. She, all this happens, and isn't that weird to me? But, I mean, who else would she go to? I mean, it's not her ex-husband's responsibility to take on another child. He already has their older daughter. But, I mean, I think that's what Tanya wanted all along. Oh, I 100% think that there's no other way. I think that's why she had her husband do it, because she probably knew he would go to prison. Mm-hmm. So, who wins in all this? Tanya. She gets a child, and she gets to keep the child, and she's trying and to have how Astrid. the heck does someone, how does your husband bury a body in the backyard and you not know about you it? You don't know about it, and she still to this day claims that. She still to this day claims that she has no idea what happened. There's there's, there's just no way that I could foresee Tyler burying someone in the backyard and me not knowing about it. One, because of the amount of time that it takes. Mm -hmm. If he did it in the middle of the night, he had to have had a light on in order to see things. And no, I don't know how it really was or how their backyard is because I saw a picture of the front of the house. It was really small backyard. But that... When you're digging something in the middle of the night, that's going to make a loud noise. Mm-hmm. Um, two, and you're going to know when someone, yes, you're going to know when someone comes, gets out of your bed. Mm-hmm. You're going to know when someone gets in your bed. You're going to see clothes that are dirty because that's not a clean task. Like, mm-hmm. I do I need to go on? I mean, there's like, there's no way that she was not involved in this. I just feel like she definitely wanted a child. She got the child, but she was probably feeling some type of way because it wasn't like a turkey basting type of thing. They didn't go to a clinic. The pastor and Marie actually had sexual intercourse multiple times. Even after she had the baby, he did admit to that. So she was probably feeling some type of way. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, I believe the same thing. I know we talked about it. I think Marie, she was like, I already have an older daughter that I don't have custody of, that I don't see very often. I love her very much. Maybe this is my second chance to have a child that I can take care of on my own. And here we are today talking about her death on the podcast. Do you know what this whole case reminds me of? And I don't, I hope you know this case. If you don't, you don't know. It's okay. But we're going to talk about it one day. It reminds me of the whole um, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell case. I No, I'm not ringing a bell. Okay, so basically she kills her kids. Um, But. Is she the one that drowned them in the bathtub? No. That's, no, I would like to talk about that case. Yes. Well. No, but she killed her kids, and she basically says that she did it because this, I don't, I guess you would call him a pastor. He's just a religious guy. Basically convinces her to do it, and there's, like, this weird spiritual angle to the whole thing, like, where she thought that she needed to do this to, like, reach some kind of spiritual enlightenment is crazy. But that's kind of oh, what this case reminds me of. I feel like I have heard this case before. First off, after you have a child, your mental state is, like, so, like, 
insane that there are a lot of women that go into postpartum depression and they probably if they hear something like that they would believe it mm-hmm. oh but her scary. kids were teenagers oh then no she's crazy. like one was like <laughs> one was like no 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 no. i think no, no, one no. was like 16 or 17 oh my god and like the other one was like they're about nine? to be out of your house they're about yeah. to be out of your house like it it's it was a crazy case you'll have to look it up after we get done like Oh it's insane gosh. but and i'm not shaming mormons but i always feel like the mormon people do like weird stuff and i think he was mormon oh mormon people are are yeah i won't say anything because i don't want to be judgmental and i don't want people to be like oh my god why you chronicles doesn't like mormon people no i like mormon people i like I just mormon don't people i like personally know mormon, mormon people, people who kill their kids yeah and like yeah anyways yeah let's not get judgy on here um but But yeah yeah. that's what this reminded me of like the whole like pastor going astray thing but that is all we have for you guys today i know we talked a little bit more than we normally do um, but it was kind of nice because like we said me and crystal are not together today it's been weird we've having to adjust and we don't get to do our our weekly girls day and eat taco bell and record and edit but if you don't like us talking you can let us know we put it at the end of the episode so you could just you know like leave yeah just leave and just stop but we like i would like some people to hey and especially if you guys want to drop us a five-star review on um, oh yeah we should have said that at the beginning apple podcast um i would really like our podcast to turn into like people feeling like you're just like hanging out with two girlfriends like you're oh just, i know me too you're just chatting it up and you know that we kind of just had a little chat session there at the end um but we won't keep you guys any longer i don't want to make this episode too long i don't know me and crystal like to keep them at like 45 minutes to an hour because you know life is busy hour so i always say you need 30 minutes for the drive there 30 minutes for the drive home home. that's how i do my podcast so but that is all we have for you guys thank you thank you so much like crystal said in the beginning you can find us on our socials instagram is bayou underscore chronicles and you can find us on all our other socials at bayou chronicles of Bayou Chronicles. Oh my gosh, it's late. Anyways, <laughs> except for our YouTube, it is Bayou Chronicles Podcast. And thank you guys so much for blowing up our uh our one stream that I uploaded about our conspiracy of the cave systems and missing people. Oh yeah. It's almost it's almost about to hit a hundred views. It's crazy. Which is totally awesome. Um, so you guys can subscribe there and anything, any of our Twitch streams that you miss, we always upload there. So yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. And until next time. Bye. Bye.